I'm excited about this morning because it's one of the subjects that I love talking about, probably in a little bit different way than you've heard me before, and where you put this in context and connection with where we've been in the series called The Throne Room, but this morning will be The Throne Room, having access into the throne room. I think it's very important for us to understand that when we pray, there's something more going on in the atmosphere than what we know. Even when we're worshiping, I know that we get so much synthesized in our thinking that worship is something we sing, and that's what we do, or worship is, is an hour between, you know, on Sunday morning, but that is not worship. Worship is when the Lord has your full attention. Let me ask you, how many people, how many of you worship this morning? God, God had your full attention this morning. That means that, and then it becomes to, a, the word adore even from the English or Latin verb that to give all of self. So when we're talking about breaking through into the heavenlies, there's something about when you're so desperate for God that you'll do anything to get there. I never want the Lord to put me in a crisis situation to get my attention. But he loves us enough sometimes to allow us to hit the wall. He didn't shove us into the wall, but he just, we're headstrong and moving we just head that way. And when then we think the devil did it. Sometimes he is. Sometimes God just says the absence of the presence of God is simply you. you know. So when we're talking about access into the kingdom of heaven, and I use the word for the last couple of weeks for throne, kasa, and throne in that particular context when he says, let's come boldly before his throne, kasa, and find help in time of need. Thrown it there in that context is not speaking of a chair. It's not even speaking of a particular place, but is the word to fill up the environment in which you're in. So when you're a worshiper of God, you carry the kasah or the throne of God inside of you. And wherever you are, you are to disseminate or give off, if you will, the presence of God. <clears throat> so we're, we're expressing something that maybe everything else around that is not expressing it. So light overcomes darkness. Literally, the original says, and light swallows up, takes over the space completely. So if you were in a dark room and you turned on a light, then you wouldn't have half darkness and half light. The light consumes or swallows up the darkness. So when we carry light, we're not just carrying a theological feeling or sense, but we're literally allowing him that in the very beginning separated the heavens and the earth, separated all the, the earth and the ferment thereof, but the very first thing that God confronted was, was darkness. And he said, in darkness was on the face of the deep, and he uses the word darkness, or skozo, literally is the idea of darkness that you can feel. If you've ever been in a cave or somewhere that's, you know, that's different than just being in a dark room, but just it was so absence of light completely that you could feel it. It was almost creepy. You could feel the darkness. That's Scozo. And it said, that was on the face of the deep. And God said, let there be light. <clears throat> so when God said, he's not talking about a verb or a, uh, just a language, but literally is the sound of God. We find that the light never showed up till Genesis 3 in the sense of the sun, the moon, or the stars. 
So how did it get there? God said, let there be light, and there was light. But then we find out in, later on, he created the sun. My personal feeling is, and other scholars, it doesn't matter, you know, what they even believe, but I think this. I'll give you my thoughts on this. That God literally unveiled himself when he confronted darkness and exposed his presence to the darkness, and the darkness had to flee. If God who created the sun, and we know that sun is the highest form of radiation that is known to mankind, that the sun is so full of radiation that we're, what, 93 million miles away or something like that, and we get bothered when, you know, on a sunny day sometimes. <clears throat> so if the God who created that, he's full of radiation, literally when he exposed or unveiled himself, darkness had to flee. What he's wanting us to understand is he is the light of the world inside of us, the same radiance inside of us that in we, when we're exposed to darkness or we're confronted with something, a crisis in our life, Instead of magnifying the problem and saying how big and how bad it is, you've heard me say that a number of times, that all we need to do is expose the problem to the light. Well, how do you do that? First of all, it's talking about how big God is and how great God is and worship and honoring and blessing his name. And the devil doesn't like to hang around. It is like fingers on the chalkboard. <clears throat> it does something to him, and I'm going to show you why in just a little bit. So when we understand that breaking into the access into heaven is that there's a presence and a place with the Lord that he wants to communicate with us in light. So we find out there's two things the Bible says has life in it. Leviticus 17 says the life is in the blood. And we find out in John 1, it says in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word was God, and in him was life and light. We took time, I could take you through some scientific shows of that to where that inside a, just a drop of blood and they've discovered it through electron microscopes and so on is light. Inside blood is light. In him was light and in him was the blood. In him was the blood and his life. So we carry inside of us because of the blood of Jesus that has given us the currency and access into heaven that we carry light. So when we, we understand biblically that we're cleansed by the blood of Jesus, that he, the Lord of hosts, the Son of God, his mission was to destroy the works of the devil. How did he do that? He gave his blood and destroyed everything that the devil had planned or assigned to. The devil understands that he has a, he has a, a space and period that God is allowing him to. He knows he can't stop it. He can only delay it and disrupt it. And that's what I want to look at this morning. <clears throat> There's times when we're disrupted of seeing prayers answered or broken into the heavenly. If we understand that disruption, we can counteract that with a greater authority than what we're being disrupted with. An example of this. I used it before. Many years ago, I was in uh, Ukraine and uh, took an all-night train from Odessa to get to Kiev. And they told me, when you get to Kiev, you'll have Wi-Fi. It wasn't Wi-Fi in those days. It was dial-up. Dial-up was like almost 10. You kids are going, what's dial-up? <clears throat> and so we went to this hotel. I remember it was hot where we left, and I woke up on the train, and it was snowing. I was up in the spire, the tallest, those spires that you see on television. It was a, it's a round room. 
I was in this beautiful hotel in this round room. I couldn't get lost because there was no corners. So they said, yes, sir, you have Wi-Fi. I mean, you have a dollar plugged it in. And I wanted to, because I hadn't been able to talk with Diane. There was those days, cell phone and all of that wasn't really working that well. And so I wanted to hear from home and to tell her what was happening. So I hit the dial up and you know how it goes off. That sound to your ears when you know, you're way away from home. And all of a sudden I heard, did it again. It would dial up and then cancel on me. I was so frustrated. My friend that was traveling with us, he said, you know, there's no, I can't get any, any uh, signal here. So I went back to the room and I said, Lord, I would really like to be able to communicate with, with Diane, find out what's going back home. And I heard him say, you're dealing with the prince of the power of the airwaves over the city that's been there for generations. And I thought, man, I have been gone from home way too much. I'm thinking weird stuff now. <clears throat> so I tried dialing up and nothing happened. And secondly, the Lord said, if you really want to do this, I'll tell you how. I said, all right, I'm, I'm here by myself. Might as well. He said, I want you to confront the spirit that controls the frequencies of the airwaves. So I just started going after that, started off by worshiping and praising and thanking the Lord for the ability to communicate, thanking the Lord for the sounds that he gives us, you know, we can communicate. And all of a sudden, I felt the release by the Spirit. He said, now go after that thing. I bound that Spirit that disrupts communication. We could call it Leviathan, you know, which is that twisting communication. Start going after that. And that thing broke through. I got in. And as soon as I started downloading, the thing went off because I stopped praying. It was I had to continually to pray in tongues by the Spirit the whole time I was loading and uploading and downloading to finish the process. And as soon as I finished and hit send, then it was gone. I began to realize then that there's, for a lot of us, we have disruptions, whether it's in a relationship, marriage, whatever it might be. Sometimes if you've, you think you heard somebody say something when they really didn't say it, but the communication comes to you and whatever you believe becomes your reality and so to be able to break through with that. So when you look at in Genesis 1, the very beginning of that, where he says, in the beginning, you know, in Genesis, uh, actually it goes in Genesis 3, and I'll get to that more in a moment. The serpent, devil comes in the form of a serpent that was an animal that was probably in the garden because it walked on its hind leg, most of us believe, that time. And begin to say the first alternate thought ever entered into mankind outside of the thoughts of God. The first diverse or opposition, resistance if you will, comes and said, did God really say? To, to start a disruption process, one has to first of all doubt what God said to invite another thought coming into that. Maybe I'm not who God called me to be. Maybe I'm not as good as I thought I was. Maybe I, you know, that God has, doesn't really love me and I fooled myself and lied to myself. Once you believe that lie, there's a lot of confirmations that start coming to you. The devil has as much confirmation 
as God confirms his word. Whichever word we believe, we will start attracting confirmations to what we believe. Think about that. As one thinks in his heart, so they become, and whatever you become, you will behold. So when that alternate began to come into that, it changed everything, the sounds and the moving of the Lord. So look with me, if you would, to to Hebrews, the first chapter. I'm going to start there. But I do want to talk about how sound is important, how sound affects so much of our lives at that point. Hebrews, the first chapter. How many of you remember, or that you're a parent, that you remember rocking your child? You were probably either singing a little song or you... Well, what were you saying? You don't have to. There was no words to describe. There was a sound that began to soothe that child and was bonded to you. They heard the sound of their parents' voice. Even today, I wish I could call up and hear the sound of my parents. Just talk to them on the phone. For a long time, the voice, the voice uh, message on my phone where my where uh, in Amarillo where I lived, my family wouldn't take it off because they wanted to be able to hear their voice again. And I did. I'd call up. Had a bad day, I'd call. There's that sound. Because it had brought soothing to me from the very beginning. So when we look at the word sound in Scripture, it's not always a verbal communication. But it is a sound that penetrates deep inside of us. Psalms 42, verse 42 says, deep calls out unto deep. It doesn't say, your depth of your heart, you say this, this, and this. It is a, just a calling out unto the Lord. If you went, even went into Hebrews, the fifth chapter, where he says that Jesus himself, Jesus, cried out with strong cryings where that his father heard him. We can find in places in Scripture where the prophets, they would travail Literally, it means to birth and bring out, but it, didn't, it wasn't a sound. How many have ever been in a birthing room? Mothers, I know you have. And it wasn't so much what you were saying, but it was the sounds that was coming out of there. And if you didn't know better, you think somebody was dying in there. But it's a sound that communicates something, though it had no verbal language of that point. So there is a sound inside of us, a depth inside of us that God understands and hears when we cry out to him. But if if most of us, we want to get the prayer perfect, we want to get it right, and we have to say something, and if we can't do that, we don't pray at all. That's more of a pharisaical standard. And I'm all for praying biblically. So when that sound comes out of our heart that we can't even communicate with, It is the Spirit of God saying something through us. We know that even when the Bible talks about in in Romans, when we don't know what to pray for as we should, we know that He, the Spirit, prays through us with groanings that cannot be uttered. doesn't have a language that we understand with that. So there is a groaning deep inside of you that God says, that's my kids. As a parent, you know the sound of your child's voice 
which one it is, and you can tell whether they're hurt, whether they're laughing, or they're just playing. You know the sound of that. Jesus said in John 10, my sheep know my voice, and they'll not follow another voice. Well, most of the time in scriptures, you can find the context, the word voice and the word sound is very close together, unless it gives you communication as to what they're saying. So the voice of the Lord is a sound with that. Or pick it up in, in Hebrews at chapter 1. Are you still with me? I'll not get too deep to where it doesn't make sense, hopefully. Verse 1. God who at various times and in various ways spoke to, to in time, in past, to the fathers by the prophets. So right up front, God wants to communicate with us. Say, so, well, I can't hear God. You're hearing, but you don't know what you're hearing. You have to tune you notice we have a new piano over here. The reason is, all the musicians says this, the other piano was so out of tune that nobody could play with them. I said, well, I didn't hear it. Until one day I heard somebody playing by the cell because all the other instruments were playing with it. I couldn't hear it. It was so bad that whoever's playing the keyboard said several times they had to shut it off and turn it back on and reboot it. But he that has an ear to hear knows what is in tune and what's not in tune. <clears throat> there's a sound that's in tune. There's a sound that's not in tune. Most keys, and I'm not a musician, but I know a little bit about music, in that sense has a first and third and a fifth chords. Three, three, there three notes make up a chord. Am I right so far? Okay. If I'm not, just don't, don't interrupt me. Let me look good. But in the course of that, you can take three notes that don't fit together and you have a discord. They were all in one accord. That's not a car. They were all in the same synchronization there in Acts chapter 2. There was a sound that synced together. Jesus was saying, my voice they know because it's not a discord. There's something that just doesn't fit there. Then know that you can't make it a chord when it's a discord. So understand there's a sound by the Spirit of God, those that know his voice, there is something that brings the peace of God and draws you to him, and there's a sound that makes you want to run away. That's having discernment. But when we overstep those sounds and say, well, maybe not, maybe you know, that's not that all that, maybe I'm just hearing wrong, then I've stepped into a discord and confusion and strife, and every up upheaval begins to happen at that point. So in Hebrews, the first chapter, we know that God wants to speak to us, but he doesn't speak to us in discord. He'll speak to us with something that synchronizes with us. Middle C in Europe is the same as middle C here. Thank you for all of you musicians really helping me out here. Amen. It is. Middle C is middle C. So if you're tuning your guitar, you're not tuning your guitar to whatever you want it to be or somebody, I don't know. You're tuning your guitar because somebody set a standard that said C sounds like this. Mm. Is that what middle C sounds like? Doesn't mean. A sounds like that. B sounds like that. B flat sounds like it all sounds the same. <laughs> but when you know that sound, anything that doesn't fit with middle C is out of tune and you have to synchronize to that. You're not going to make the whole world change to fit your sync. 
We're trying to create another Jesus that fits into our frame of reference and how Jesus would do instead of tuning ourselves with him. When we're out of tune with Jesus and we start tuning up with the world, then we've stepped away from the presence and the glory of God and the favor of the Lord and even the protection of God. And we've stepped into a realm that God says, I never intended for you to live in that realm. That is not the throne room space. This is the presence and the anointed one there. But you have the choice and you can't make it fit no matter how much you try and how much theology you can bend it to make it fit. Jesus is the tuning fork of heaven. All right. Look at verse 2. I promise I'm going to move a little faster in verses. Hath in these last days spoken to us by his son, Revelation 19.10, said the spirit of prophecy is the testimony or the witness of the son. God said, I'm speaking these last days through my son. Everything is going to be tuned. Everything is going to fit by him. What Jesus said goes. What any other prophets say or what anybody else, theologians say, if it's different what Jesus said, it is out of bounds. Jesus is the tuning of the synchronization of the sounds of heaven. Whom in he has appointed, God has appointed the heir of all things, firstborn of all the brethren. Through him also he made the worlds. You can find Colossians 1.17 also says that by him... All things were created, and through him all things are kept, created. Notice verse 3. He made, whom he made also the worlds. He was there in the beginning. Who being the brightness or the glory, the reflection, if you will, of his Father's glory and the express image of the person and upholding all things by the word, which is the word rhema there, not logos, all things by the saying word, continual saying word, by, by his, of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down. Two things I want to take out of this, maybe three. Number one is, is that he's the express image. One, one translation said he's the personification of the Father. Express image means it has to come out. To express something, it means it leaves one place and goes out. To express something, it means it comes out of you to something. How many know express mail? Well, that's not a great example. It's not all that express. (laughs) But it leaves you and goes somewhere. Jesus was the expression of the Father that God, through him, was to express his heart for the Father, and his love for all mankind. God so loved that through Jesus he expressed who the Father was. When we're worshiping the Lord like we were in the morning, this morning, and I loved, I just felt the weightiness of his presence this morning. There has to be something expressed. It's not a time to meditate on. It's a time to express. You men, if you, if you I knew this one guy. In fact, he is my dad. I'll just tell him. My mother would ask him, do you love me? He didn't want to express it. And he said, I told you when I married you, I loved you. And if I change my mind, I'll let you know. I loved it when my dad would say to my mother, I love you. At a tender moment. It made the rest of the house feel secure. Because love secures everything else around us. God so loved the world, he secured it by his son expressing something. And out of his innermost being, he expressed something. 
So I said, well, I just wait. I just kind of like to watch worship. Then you're not an expresser. You're a consumer. Take that and eat it. I mean, you, you consumed it. And, and a lot of the church world nowadays, we're consumers. Put it out in my lift moment this week. Consumers versus pursuers. So I, they come to play. So I'm going to see what I get out of that. Instead of coming and seeing what I can put into it. I am planting and sowing into the kingdom of heaven. I was talking to someone not too long ago. And they said I was attending a place. And I'm not going to say I was attending a place. And I just started dancing before the Lord. And some people, I guess deacons or whoever they are, elders, came over to them and said, we don't do that here. Because we don't want to offend anybody around that doesn't feel that way. They asked him, well, what about David dancing before the Lord with all of his might? Well, that was David. Well, Jesus is the son of David. What about that? In fact, we see that he said, and the Lord, when the, they came back and told him how all the things, all that they had happened, he said he rejoiced. The word rejoice means to leap and flip around, turn around. Well, that was Jesus. Well, the anointing must have been on him. Well, the anointing is on me. I'm right, you know. What I was saying is the very thing God created you to do to give expression is shut down in a religious sitting, setting. So what happens is God says, I have put something inside of you that has light on it that is bought and paid for by the blood of Jesus to express, let it out. Well, I just don't like those churches too noisy. Can't sleep there. Well, stay home and catch the rerun. <laughs> Which we had an hour change that. I think that may be happened. <laughs> but God created us to have an expression. He even uses the, the, the understanding that the wife is the reflection of the glory of man. Like the sun doesn't have its own light, but it reflects that. Now, it's not talking about gender related. It's talking about function. There's one that gives glory and another one expresses it. And being the bride of Christ we are, we are to express the reflection of the glory of Jesus. Christ in us is the hope of expectation of glory. So if we're not expressing it, then we're stuffing something. We're not, statistically, we have people that are more on depression, dealing with anxiety and all kinds of issues more than any other time. Because when, if we're not expressing what God created us to be, we're stuffing something else into our life, and we have no room for Him. Have you heard the latest? Have you seen the news? You know what's happening around the world? And I have nothing I can't express except that. Nothing, there's no good news. The gospel is the good news. When I'm expressing Him, then the power of the Holy Spirit comes along, grabs hold of that, and it becomes a partnership of the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Not to learn church. How do we make it through till 12 o'clock? What can we do just to buy the time? If the glory of the Lord is not being expressed in us, then there's no joy inside of us to have any expectation of what he's wanting to do. The throne of his presence is expressed, and when it's expressed, it fills up the space around you. There is a great white throne judgment. That'll be where 
Those who are unbelievers are going to be separated. Those are goats and sheep separated. But then there is the Bema seat called the judgment seat of Christ, which means he's handing out rewards for how we lived our life out here now. Man, I'm so happy that I'm not living for the moment. There's an old song we sing, Living for the Glory. That wasn't the glory for the Olympics. That was the glory that will be set before us. Everything you and I do now for the kingdom of God is praised, played, paid forward. So when the books are open there at the Bema seat, the judgment seat of Christ, he not only says, well done, good and faithful, full of faith, but then he begins to pour out as the elder brother, firstborn among many, all of the rewards that's given to us, how we lived our life out now. How you live your life. Did he have your attention this morning? Did you willing to have this one hour, give, give, him, give it all to him? Well, I'm just worried about this and worried about that. Then we're more like the Martha. But in the moment, be at his feet and allow him to express the Father through you. That's how you solve problems instead of rehearsing the problems and rehearsing the anxiety of it. We don't get help. This is going to happen. If this doesn't happen, then quit using the if and says, when he comes, we will become like him. And as soon as we have revelation at that morning, we become like him, not just in a future tense. Well, I'm going to have to hurry. Okay. He expressed the image of the person, personification. I love this, this, this translation with it. The word person is actually two words in the original. Per, P-E-R, hyphen S-O-N. Per means to pass through, and S-O-N means sound or sonic. So he said Jesus is the one that the Father's sound passed through. If you've heard him, you've heard me. Hebrews 13 tells us even if we worship the Lord, we can't worship the Father unless we pass through him. Let us offer the sacrifice of praise through him, the fruit of our lips. So even he wants to be involved by worshiping, exalting his father. When worship has become a performance on the platform and become performance like that, we've lost that the person, the sound of the father passing through us. When we prophesy, it's not just about words. It is a sound that's penetrating. I, we could, I, I've wanted to have this experiment. I, I don't know how I do it, but you could have two people, two different people, that would have the exact same message and, and go over the exact same notes, teach you the exact same thing. One may penetrate so deeply that you move and have an encounter with the Lord, and the other one, you know, hmm, that's interesting, good information. One has a sound that penetrates the depths of your spirit, and the other one just simply lays some information out on your brain. It's when the sounds from heaven penetrate into our hearts, we have an encounter with the Lord. Something is transformable. He says, I've heard from the Lord today. I'll never be the same again. Knowledge puffs up. So I have a bunch of information, a bunch of theology. And sometimes we know so much, but we walk it out so little. It's more dangerous to know a lot and not walk it out because we're held accountable for what we know. The truth shall make you free. The truth that makes us free is not the truth we know. It's the, it's the truth we walk out. The application. Possessing that truth means after I've walked it out, not just believe in it. 
If you went to college and got a degree, you know why they make you go out and do boards and other technical stuff later on? Is to see if you really know how to apply what you learned in the classroom. Aren't you glad we come for Jesus? We don't have to pass the boards. Exam. He looks inside so I can see the blood there. You're good. I see a lot of theology, but no blood. Sorry. Look with me in Genesis 1. As I said just a moment ago, excuse me, Genesis 3. The sounds in the very beginning, pick it up. Let me just read this through really quick so we have a good context. The serpent was more cunning, subtle, beguiling, if you will. And actually means more, the word beguile or cunning there doesn't mean just I, I trick. It literally is an emotional torment. This, this serpent had an emotional torment that was going after them and was capturing them. I'll show you what. He was more cunning than any of the beasts of the field. And he said to the woman, remember that Eve's name never happened until after the fall. Before the fall, her name was woman. You ladies get offended. Your husband says, woman. I don't think that goes over too well these days. So it's biblical. <laughs> Woman means out of man, woe, man, out of man, but it also means a, a wombed man. So she has the same authority with before the Lord. There's neither male nor female. When she's in the home, she is a, a female. But when we come to worship together, she's not less than. Submit yourselves one to another. Well, what about the man? Women setting themselves. That isn't a function of where we need male and female. Transgenders... Wait a while and see how many children they have. There is a reason why we need male and female. Why God put a male and female on the ark. Was he discriminating? Y'all are so afraid to even answer that. We see we're so afraid of being you know, nailed to something. We can't even relate to that. No. If God said this is the way it is, then that's the way it is. We shouldn't be afraid. Well, you know, they might. Then I would rather be nailed as truthful and one that was fearful. All right. Well, I'll try it with another crowd later on, see if we can get by with that. All right, here it is. Verse 2 And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said. She's quoting word back, good. God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. And he goes back and says to her, indeed, God says, I agree, you shall not eat it. He'll even quote God's word. But the idea, God is keeping something from you. You are not fulfilled in your life. That's what media says, that's everything people come along, if you're not being such and such and you're not like so and so and you don't look like that guy up there, not everybody can look like me, I understand that, you know. Y'all are a little slow getting that, but anyway, I'm a little concerned now. Maybe you are starting to believe it. Let's keep saying it. Let's see what happens. Maybe it'll go away. But when we start looking at that, we start saying, my life is not fulfilled. 
And as the enemy saying, you don't have what other people have, therefore you compare ourselves with other people, and it's a sin. If we compare ourselves with other people, we're saying, as God, you've not done very good to me, and it makes us jealous. That's what created this whole thing, jealousy. That means I blame God because somebody may have worked harder or whatever reason. And so she says to him that we can't even touch it. God told us not even touch it. Well, let me just take two seconds to get on the word touch. The word touch, peri, P-E-R-I, at least in the Greek form of it, means to make a point of agreement as in a circular circuitry. Preach on that one. To create a circuit that connects. So it means I'm not going to really do that, but I'm going to play around with it. I'm not going to really do that kind of thing, but I'm going to play around with it. I'm not going to get drug addicted, but I'm going to play around with it. And so we just play around with it. And what we've done is we've touched it. And then, we under, and then I wonder, why is all these things happening? It's because I've touched something that God says, don't even touch it. Why did you put it there, God, if you didn't want me to touch it? It was because I wanted you to have a choice. I wanted to see if you would love me with all of your heart, mind, and strength, and choose me when you had another choice. So when we touch it, we say, I want everything God wants, but I want to see what else is out there too. That is a double-minded, a divided soul is the word there. Sukisa means we get the word schizophrenia, schiza, schizophrenia from. So once we start touching it, it becomes more and more easy and more normal, and we know other people that have done it, and they haven't died but they've lost something. And maybe your relationship with the Lord should be at a higher level than where they are. As a teenager, I was at a, at a party. We need two bad things going on. Things started getting out of hand. It was about 14, 15. Man, it was getting a little wild. All of a sudden, I got this feeling in my gut. Get up and get out of here now. Looked at my friends, we're all sports guys, and looked at them, and, and they looked like they're having a good time. I said, God, it's not fair. Why can they have a good time, and I cannot have a good time? And the Holy Spirit said to me really directly, it's because you know me, and they don't. Therefore, if you don't want to know me, then join me. And touch what they're touching. I, just, I was so miserable, I thought, I'm just going to leave anyway. Found out later, the cops raided. I didn't even know what was going on there. Plus, I had my mother home praying. God, if there's anything going on there that's not right, make you miserable. It's true. All right. Let me, let me finish this. Pick it up in, in verse 5. So when the woman saw that the tree was good, she touched it for food, that it was pleasant, the eyes began to pull her in, draw her in, and a tree desirable to make one wise to find out what else is out there that God was trying to protect them from. She wanted to, this will make you wise. Wise about what? Some people want to know the inside skinny on stuff. And I, I think it ought to be on a need-to-know basis. If I don't need to know, I don't want to know. I, I've got enough to have to keep up with besides knowing stuff I don't need to know. What about so-and-so over there? I don't know. I don't need to know. 
God chose us, and I'll, I'll tell you. It says in the day that, you're, that you will, your eyes will be open, you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Being like God, isn't that a good thing? We find out later on, if they had, after eating that, and they ate the tree of life, which was making them immortal, and they said, and they will become gods. They'll be like God themselves, immortal with sin, immortal sin. So that's why he drove them out of the garden from the tree of life. Pick it up and let me finish with this. Finish with this part. Verse 7. The eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves covering because they saw one another's nakedness. The glory had departed. They no longer were seeing life through the glory of God. This is what I want us to see. They hid themselves. Or verse 8. They heard the sound, voice, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking. The translators of Scripture did not say, and God said something, they heard a sound. They heard the sound, God walking in the garden. I don't know how sound walks, but in other words, it's moving, it's permeating in the garden. And they came down the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, sound and presence connected, from the Lord among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord called out to Adam and said, where are you? Because before now, they would always hear the sound and they were drawn to the sound because that was like a, the humming of a mother's. You wanted to be close to the Lord. But when sin came in, it disrupted that sound and now we're running from the sound. When you say, you know, I'm bored with, with God, I'm bored with church, I'm bored with all that, there's something that has come in and disrupted that sound. It could be the cares of life and all the things that have to go along, making a living, making a giving, making, making, making. And we become where God gets on the back burner and we get empty and then oppression begins to happen. God created us to have an expression and then he comes back rhetorically and fills us with himself. You can blame all kinds of things in the world and all kinds of other things, but God says, seek, seek first the kingdom of God. That's exactly what I mean. Seek first the king of the kingdom. And he hid themselves, said, who told you you were naked? In other words, you've been talking to the wrong source. I've created you that way. God created in Adam and Eve the ability to discern the sound. We don't know if there was a language in the Garden of Eden some say it was Gaelic. I mean, the Scots claim it for that. Some say it's Hebrew, and there's a few things that relate that it could be. You go to the Tower of Babel, and, and some of the uh, apocryphal books will say that. But we do know that it's translated with the idea that the sound of the Lord, they understood the communication of it, not just the noise of it. So whatever it is that God can communicate to us in so many different ways, whether it's a sound, a song, whether it's an impression, whatever's going on. When you look in Genesis 3 when he says, the, or Genesis 1, in the beginning was the word, or not the word, that was John 1. In the beginning, darkness is on the face of the deep, and God said, and when God said, the Holy Spirit moved in tandem. So there's an action with the voice of the Lord. When God said, the Holy Spirit is activated to move in tandem. Now, it's interesting, and he said he brooded 
over the face of the deep. The word brood there is the word rakaf, which means to vibrate with frequency. There was a sound that came out of the Holy Spirit that was starting to inseminate in creation to cause everything that was in chaos to come into order. In the same way, I desperately believe there's something inside of us that is that is God-like, that he can touch our heart, and we know that we know we know. On the inside, there's just a, a desire. There's a frequency, if you will, and that's not a new age thing. It's a vibration. There's something happening inside that makes you want to say, come, Holy Spirit, fill me, inseminate your word into the, into the womb of my spirit. That's the hunger. When we get away from God, then I lose that sense of vibration. I wanted to suggest to you that in the garden that the devil came and disrupted the frequency between Adam and God. The sound was cut off. It no longer sounded to draw us in. It wanted us to run from that. Jesus came to restore the sound between God's creation, the children of God, and the Father. When the enemy came in to disrupt it, Jesus came in to repair the breach by the blood of Jesus. I have time too much to get into that, but when, when Cain killed his brother, Cain was the firstborn, Cain killed his brother, said the blood cried out from the earth. At that moment, the devil now had a bloodline back into creation. Before that, Lucifer was cast out of heaven. He had no access. He had no point to in. in into the creation of God. He was cast out of heaven. He lost the glory of God. He was the prince of darkness. He had no way except when Adam and Eve began to hear another sound, another thought, and let him back in. And so when they had Cain, jealousy rises up in Cain. He kills his brother. Now blood was shed. He has a bloodline into the nations again. Jesus comes with his blood, blood not of a man, not created by male and female chromosomes, but created by the overshadowing, again, it's that word brooding, by the Holy Spirit over Mary, and he was created with blood from another world. That blood put on the mercy seat destroyed what the failure of the bloodline of Cain, whose name means possession of the spear, by the way. Cain's name is possession of the spear. And who would name their kid that unless you want him to go hunt for you? So when he says that now his blood, Abel's blood cries out from the earth, the earth blood, we recognize blood has a sound. Exodus 12, the blood over the doorpost, it has a, when I see the blood, I'll pass over. So we realize that there is a sound within a sound that most of us don't understand how that works. Let me give you an example of that. When I was 16 years old, I used to, out in West Texas, Northwest Texas, we would go hunting rabbits. And uh, I had an old shotgun that didn't even have a safety on. Thinking back about it now, I thought, what was I thinking? Evidently, I wasn't. We'd ride on the fender, my friend's car, and we would ride down these old country roads. Well, it was out in the pasture fields, actually. Grandfather owned a farm. And a rabbit would run out, and we'd take it, an old jackrabbit. One night, we were out hunting, and all of a sudden, I hear a sound that I had never heard before. It is a sound that goes, eh, eh, eh. Anybody know what that sound is? That is a wounded rabbit. 
All of a sudden, in the darkness, pitch dark of that, that fields, pastures, I saw little red eyes started popping open, popping open. It was the coyotes begin to hear the sound of a wounded rabbit, and he said, dinner's on. I'm wondering, one of the reasons why the enemy takes shots at us when we wonder, how come I'm being attacked, is because we're giving off a sound that says, I'm weak, I'm away from God, I'm, I'm without big brother watching me, I'm alone, I'm by myself, I've stepped out of the glory, and so I'm here for the taking. Psalms 89.15 says, blessed are the people that what? Know the joyful sound. They shall walk in his glory. So what that literally blessed means that they found favor with, that there's the word sound, there's ruach, to open the ear. Blessed are the people that have had their ears open, and it's the same word we get breath and wind, to hear the moving of the Holy Spirit. He's planted something within us, a sound, that when we step outside of the range of that, of what he said, this is not good, then we hear that sound that splits the ear. So you keep moving that way, you're going to start giving off an uncertain sound. That's what Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 14, if the trumpet gives an uncertain sound, a sound that is not clear, then how will they know how to gather? We're in a time where I believe the Spirit of God is preparing us for revival, and we should stay away from anything just to touch and see how close we can get. Your parents ever said, don't touch that. I wonder why. And then you touch it, get zapped. I guess there's a reason why. Or it didn't do that much. I'm going to touch it a little more and a little more until I grab onto it. Then I find out the devil's come. He's to steal, kill, and destroy. And why am I all this happening to me? It's because you chose another tree. It wasn't a tree to make you smarter. It's a tree that makes you dumb. Why would I give up him for that? For just a momentary pleasure and sin to establish a foothold in us. When, turn with me in Daniel, the 10th chapter. This is Daniel. He began to read out of the book of Jeremiah how that Jeremiah said there were 70 years of captivity for Israel after the, the temple destroyed in 70 AD. He reads and he understands by natural understanding that 70 years are finished, but nothing's changed. The fulfillment of the punishment is changed, but why are we still in captivity? So Daniel begins to set his heart to pursue the answer with that. In verse 2, you'll see it. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks, 21 days. We get Daniel fast. Three weeks I was mourning. I was grieved by, what I'm, by not seeing the fulfillment of that prophecy. I ate no pleasant bread, food, no meat or wine came into my mouth. Nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Verse 12. Here's the, we stump that. The angel comes, verse 11. O Daniel, greatly beloved. If I'm so beloved, why am I so grieved? I speak to you and stand upright and I speak to you. For I have now been sent to you while he was still speaking the word to me. I stood trembling. Then he said to me, do not fear. I think if you've really seen an angel, that would be the first thing I'd want to hear. For from the first day that you're, you set your heart to understand, 
and to humble yourself before the Lord your God. Your words were heard. I have come because of or in response to your words. I've come because of your words. Your words are powerful. Now notice verse 13. If you heard me on the first day, how come it's 21 days now? But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me. There's a word for withstood means he resisted me because of he had a blockade, if you will. And had the, he had the right and the authority to be able to do that. He withstood me 21 days, and behold, Michael, the warring angel, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I have been left alone there with the king of Persia. So we can see here Daniel had a word from God, begins to pursue and seek after God. For a lot of us, we think, if I don't get an answer, I guess God's not going to say anything. There's something about breaking through that even the hosts of heaven come and assist us. And if it doesn't happen right away, then don't get discouraged. Don't put it on a timeline and give up on it. Just know that if you have a word from God, he sent his word and it will continually battling in the heavenlies until something's broken up. There was a disruption in the heavenlies because God sent something, but it couldn't get to Daniel. Between point A and point B, there was a disruption in the second heaven that was disrupting the ability to be able to hear from God. I'm not going to take the time to go into all the things that causes disruptions Sin disrupts us from being able to hear God. Blaming God is a disruption. Unforgiveness is a disruption. Unrepented acts is a disruption. All of those things disconnect that. So we have the video. We can bring it up. Let me explain it this way. Besides its unusual appearance, the theremin is also unique in that it's played without being touched. The theremin typically consists of a box with two metal antennas which create an electromagnetic field. The musician stands in front of the instrument and moves his hands in the proximity of the two antennas, which forms a capacitor between his hands and the antennas. The capacitance of the electromagnetic field varies by the distance between the player and the instrument. The upright antenna controls the pitch. When the right hand approaches the antenna, the pitch gets higher. When the hand moves away from it, the pitch gets lower again. Small, rapid movements of the right hand can create vibrato. The loop antenna controls the volume. Approaching the antenna makes the volume softer, so the left hand is responsible for dynamics and articulation. There is no physical contact with the instrument. Playing the theremin in a precise, melodic way requires much practice. Pitch control is especially challenging, as there's no guidance, no keys or fingerboard positions. The player has to rely on his ear, and he can only correct a pitch when it is audible. Skilled players who control the combination of movements precisely can achieve complex and expressive performances. ever seen that done before. I have a friend that actually has one and plays it. it. If you were just walked up and didn't know what was going on, you would think somebody's ready for the loony bin. You're just in the thin air making all these sounds. 
But why I wanted to just show that is that you have the two antennas. So just picture, if you would, one antenna comes from the throne of God, and the other antenna is into our spirit. And yet, every time there's a disruption that breaks up the frequency or that magnetic field, if you will, then it gives off a sound that's different. If Jesus came to restore what was broken between the throne room of God and our spirit, how much should we pay attention to anything that steps in the way of that and we can't hear the sound of God? Anger, being angry at someone, unforgiveness, hostile, false judgment, all of those things, steps right in the middle, middle of that. So if Pastor Jim was an antenna, I was an antenna, and somebody walked between us, and yet he was believing, I'll plead like God because I'm higher, <laughs> platform-wise, and he was believing God for something, but something entered in between us, and he's going after, going after, but not seeing something, and my desire is for him to hear it and get it, then you just assume, I guess it's not God's will. So when there's this sounds of heaven that he wants to reach us, and it may just be this sense of peace that just comes in inside of our heart that says all is going to be okay, all is going to be good. Just allow the Spirit of the Lord just to wash over you. Psalm 16 says that in the night season, while we're asleep, he will commune or communicate with us. He said, I have to put you to sleep just to bring some healing, to upgrade your heart, if you will. So when I see this demonstration where the Lord is trying to play upon the instrument of my heart, he's the musician and I'm the instrument and the musician has the power over the instrument to tune it. I like the way I sound just fine, Lord. He said, yeah, but there's another sound I want to get out of you. You've been happy with it down here. I want to bring you up to a closer pitch. That is a penetrating pitch so that you can walk in the spirit and the sounds will just break hell wide open. And the enemy doesn't want to get around you because they hear something that breaks forth the defense. I don't know about you, but I just want to get to the point in the heart of God where nothing stands between me and him. I don't want to touch it. I don't want to smell it. I don't want to get close to it. I'm not going to blame him for why anything's happened. It's my job to get close to him, not him to get close to me. He sent his son to get close to me. He's already done what he wanted to do. It's my job to say, I'm going to get closer to him and wrap myself around the sounds of heaven. I'm going to get close to the sounds that become familiar to my spirit more than anything else. He even went into Psalms 29 six times in those few verses in, in Psalms 29. The voice of the Lord is upon the waters. The voice of the Lord makes the hinds decap. The voice of the Lord shakes even the wilderness of Kadesh. All of that means when God speaks, he transforms everything in it and around it. So he says when he speaks, it's not just so that, oh, I heard from the Lord today. His voice always is transforming inside of us when I address that fact. I have people say, well, I just had to argue with the Lord of that. And I go, what? How arrogant. I know what they're saying is, I'm, I'm asking questions I don't get understanding, but to argue with the Lord, I'd be afraid. I, wouldn't, I didn't argue with my dad, no matter if I thought he was right or not. So when it says the voice of the Lord is up on the waters, 
And yet, John 7, 35 says, Out of the innermost being, your belly, shall flow rivers of living water. He said, I'm on the inside of you, and I want to express and come out. I have something that I want you to bless people around you. I want to show your goodness and favor. But when you have someone that just continually points out something wrong, they never get tell you that you did anything right. They only will point out what you did wrong, no matter how small, and I don't agree with this or don't agree with that. Then what they're saying is, I have lost the sounds of the Lord, and all I can hear is my own voice. And my voice is always right. We have distanced ourselves from allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to us. I have a friend that had a hearing deficit. He was, was a... a musicologist or a sound engineer. He created a, a, a generator, a sound generator, put it up to his ear, and it healed his ear. Because he had to find out that he got the right pitch that he was a deficit in, and it brought healing to his ear. And it lasted for a couple of days. He said, we haven't figured out how to maintain that. But there's something about the frequencies and the sounds of the Lord that just brings the peace of Sometimes we just got to get out of the sanctuary of the up unrighteous and get into the sanctuary of the presence of God. More than anything else. All right. Let me finish with this. Song of Solomon, chapter 2, verse 2. This solidifies what it said. The older translations says, The winter is past, spring has come, the voice of the turtle dove is in the land. And they said it's the time for pruning. Remember that verse in it? Time for pruning the vine. The original in the Hebrew said it's time for tuning. T-U-N-I-N-G, the vines. The Bible says that my father is the vine dresser. He comes along and he tunes or he prunes, if you will, so that it matches what he is saying and his synchronization so that there's a resonation that we're tuned to him. It's not hard to hear when you're tuned to heaven. It is really hard to hear when we're tuned to everything else and we can tell them all the sounds and everybody else what they're saying. But if we can't hear what God is saying, that is an eternal voice, the creator, then we need to look at what sounds are we allowing to go on. I was not allowed to listen to heavy rock music growing up. thought my parents were just mean, you know, and I, I was able to stay out of a lot of that problem is because there was, they knew that there were sounds and there were vibrations and things, even though the lyrics were, sometimes the lyrics were pretty bad. So, well, that's just a kid thing. But whatever we allow to absorb into our being, we have taken that in and it becomes part of who we are. Jeremiah 33 says, the Lord is going to restore the voice of the bride and the voice of the bridegroom and the voice of the bride. He's saying, I want to hear from you. But if our, there's something that has come between the antennae, if you will, that has disrupted the frequency, then there's, there's a feeling like, I just think the heavens are breath. I don't feel like I'm getting through. But when you've connected with him, there's somehow another is. Wow. I met with him. What did he say? I don't know. I don't, my mind doesn't know, but my spirit knows. I'm not going to try to translate it up here, and I'm not going to try to make up stuff and prophesy stuff just to say I'm hearing from God like a, I'm the greatest of all. I just want to hear the sounds. If it's nothing more, my creator humming to me. 
about you? What about this and that? Just lays down all the anxiety. Finally, he says in Psalms 22, it is the Lord that is enthroned upon the praises of his royal Sounds coming out of our innermost being. He says, I'll come and set my throne. The original says, I've come to the throne, in that case means to judge the enemy. When we worship and bless him, you're not thinking about your enemies, you're thinking about him. We're doing all this to get him to do something to our enemies. We have missed the point. There's times we come together. There's time to be intimate. There's other times to do warfare. When we come to him, it's time to be intimate. And out of that intimacy, we come and get strategies and know what to do. But know when it's time, what to do and when to do it. Stand with me, would Father, I'm asking this morning that you would restore the frequency or the sound, the vibration between heaven and earth. Just as you cast Lucifer out, Isaiah 14, out of heaven, he wanted the sound. He was in charge of the sound. He was in charge of the light and the sound. He was called the light bearer. You cast him out. He wanted to find a way to get access back in to the light and the glory. Forgive us, Lord, where we have been doorkeepers and allowed other sounds and other things other than the light of his presence to come. Forgive us of the deception that we thought that we could mix the two. We have a private life and a public life. Forgive us, Lord, we have one, a spiritual life. That reflects out of it in so many ways. I pray for healing in every person this morning, oh God, that there would be the sounds of the anointing of the presence of God that would bring healing into the deep hearts of every person. And we'd recognize that words have significance, sound has significance. We say the right words and have the wrong tone, and it says a whole other meaning. So I need you, the Holy Spirit, not just to hear this word, but I need to hear it in the tone that you want to see. Not God so loved the world. I love you so much that I sent one to repair the pitch and bring you back in. If you feel that there has been some sort of break or breach, you're having trouble hear, hearing the Lord, I want you to just come stand down in front right here and I want to pray particularly for that. That's the main thing. We'll have another opportunity for people. Kind of other issues, sickness. It could be a, a Leviathan spirit that comes twi- twist things. It is so important to hear Don't be so concerned about trying to hear a particular word. We're not talking about an exchange of vocabulary. We're talking about the exchange of the sound. Just hold your hands open. Father, we ask you that you would take anything from us that has disrupted our attention to you. Anything that we've held, 
whether it is unforgiveness, blame, offenses. And we're just allowing you to come and empty all of those things out of us. That changes the sound, changes the pitch inside of us, how we hear. We ask you to forgive us, oh God. Things we've held on to that you've forgiven for. That your blood was shed for, but we held on to. It insulates us from hearing. I pray for a sensitivity that comes by the power of the Holy Spirit to express who you are without concern of what anybody else would think. Deliver us, O oh God, that we're more conscious and fearful of man than we are of you. I pray over every person standing right here, God, that you would first of all restore the fear of the Lord upon every person, that we're more concerned what you think about something than, than what we think about it. Forgive us, O oh God, that we've twisted and tried to make it sound better than, than what you said it is. So we just ask you to come and set upon it. I want you just to know right now, he, he comes in the might and power of his son, Jesus, and he cuts ties with every voice that does not bring joy to the Father, doesn't bring joy to your heart. He's going to give you greater discernment so you can be able to discern between the voice of the Lord and the voice of the enemy. And the discerning of the heart will always, you'll feel God's fullness, righteousness. Paul came up and shared that crying out to the Lord. That's exactly, that was a sound. That we cried out to the Lord as a sound deep within that side of us. So God, I, I release in every person here today the sounds of life, the sounds of joy, the sounds of the going of the Lord. We shake off the dust of the cares of this life that's so temporary. It lasts a month, a year, whatever it is, it's so temporary. We want to connect with the divine purpose of the kingdom of God. I sever all voices and ties that have said you have an unfulfilled life. You need this and you need something else and you've got to have this. You have Jesus. You have the author and the finisher of your faith. You have the voice of creation inside of you. Stir up the glory of the Lord being that greater is he. Place of intimacy upon you. Greater is he than any voices. Allow the Holy Spirit to heal you. Maybe there's some words that have come from other people, spouse, life, family, whatever it might be. God say, I didn't send it, and so don't let it be tuning your heart to that. Cast it out. Cast out those, any thought the devil would use or say. If it doesn't resonate with your spirit, I release the peace of God. Sounds of heaven come upon you. Peace of God to rule. In Christ Jesus. Holy Spirit come. Holy Spirit set. Set. Set with them. Set with them. Refresh their hearts. Set with them. Refurbish their hearts. Set with them. One of the ways that we're healed physically by his, by hearing him spiritually, his voice sent his word, his voice, and it healed. 
you can hear him just love on you, your body will connect with him. And every affliction, every sickness has to fall off because you've connected with greater as he. By the power of his word, be set. You want healing. You guys are just welcome to stay here if you want to soak it up. You want healing and need ministry and healing. Come on up as well. We'll pray for you. Pastor Diane's right here. She'll be happy to do that. Um, you need to go. Catch up on the hour lost. I understand. Lord bless you. Keep his face upon you. Give you grace. Amen. Have a good afternoon. Bye-bye.